Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome to Wrestling Rewind. I am your host, Angel Amoroso, and I am joined by my co-host, the Iron Man, Tommy Cairo. Tommy? Hey, Angel. Hey. And we are here tonight introducing Wrestling Archives. Uh, And this evening, we are going to go over, just uh, through the hour, a list of professional wrestling television series and from every era, from the 50s to the 90s. And um, this is, we're rewinding on wrestling history so that, uh, you know, of course, people know where everything comes from then. And uh, just guiding you through uh, different generations of wrestling and different results of shows and arena results. So uh, by the time you get done being educated in the territories, and the different promoters that existed back in the day, then you'll understand the arena results that are coming to you uh, soon with Tommy Cairo's Wrestling Archives. So uh, let's get right into it. We are going to cover a list of professional wrestling television series. And we're going to start with uh, the territories and the era from the 1950s to the 1970s. So... Let me just get to that. And That's the TV yeah. era. Uh, just a quick note: in the old days, um, when they would have, when not everybody had a TV, and when very few people, maybe one person on the block, was well off, well off enough to have a TV, what they would do is, in all the appliance stores, they would set all the TVs to wrestling, and people would stand on the sidewalk and watch through the window, knowing that if they put wrestling on, more than likely people would go there and see it and have an example of what they could have in their living room and then start saving their pennies to get a TV. Or if one person in the neighborhood had a TV, you know, everybody would go over there. So it was a big deal back then uh, in that era when, t- when wrestling first hit TV. It was one of the first things that was featured regularly on television. Yeah, it's a great show uh, to, you know, gather up the family with. Back then it was like, you know, people would actually gather their families up and watch professional wrestling. So, uh, yeah, great program to draw people in to buy a television. You know, they want to see that kind of action every week. And with the 1950s, provided that for them. So the series uh, back then will go by series, country, the duration of the time of the promotion and how long it ran uh, and a number of episodes if available. So first off we have Hollywood wrestling 
from the United States. Uh, it was for the duration 1947 to 1955, and the promotion was NWA Hollywood Wrestling. Let's see. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that turned into uh, wrestling from the Olympic Auditorium. I don't know at what point, but maybe maybe we'll find that out. Okay, Hollywood Wrestling, also known as Wrestling from Hollywood, was an American professional wrestling television series which originally aired locally in Los Angeles on KTLA in the early 1950s and by 1952 nationally uh, kindscope on the improvised Paramount televised television network. It was produced by Klaus Lonsberg. So that was from the United States. And then there was wrestling from Marigold. That was from the United States. The duration, it says Dumont from 1949 to 1955. It was on WGN TV from 1955 to 1957. Television network from Saturday, September 17, 1949, until March 1955. The show was either 90 or 120 minutes, usually on Saturdays at 9 p.m., and continued to be broadcast on WGN TV as a non network show until 1957. Um, and That's then, a long show, an hour and a half to two hours. Wow. That, yeah, really. For Well, back then, I, I guess. The family was gathered up, you know, you could make it a long show back then with no problem. Then we have uh, Portland Wrestling from the United States, syndica syndicated uh, 1953 to 1992. That's wow. a long run. It is. That's a long run. Uh, let's see. It's Pacific Northwest Wrestling. So those Portland Wrestling. Let's yeah, see. We did uh, re results on that yesterday. Yes, well, yes. Previous. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we have... Portland Wrestling, and that was from the United States, uh, syndicated 1953 to 1992. Again, I'm sorry. <laughs> I that. Then we got Japan Pro Wrestling Alliance. If that was from 1953 to 1973, Japan Pro Wrestling Alliance. Uh, so, and then Saturday Night Wrestling from the United States, syndicated from 1954 to 1977 from the American International Wrestling Federation. So, wow. And then heavyweight wrestling from the United States, Dumont, uh, 1956 to 1970, Capital Wrestling Corporation. So let's see, heavyweight, heavyweight wrestling is the first weekly televised wrestling program that was produced by the WWE, which at the time was a regional professional wrestling promotion called Capital Wrestling Corporation, a member of the National Wrestling Alliance. The show was hosted by Bill Malone in 1956, Mars Siegel from 1956 to 1959, and Ray Morgan from 1959 yeah. to 1970, and was taped at the Capitol Arena in Washington, D.C. The show debuted on January 5th, 1956, and aired until the summer of 1970, when Vince, Vincent James McMahon moved the television tapings to the eastern Pennsylvania and replaced heavyweight wrestling with WWF Championship Wrestling with uh, more, uh, and Morgan 
stayed with the championship wrestling until he was replaced by McMahon's son, Vincent K. McMahon. So that's the wrestling I grew up on where I saw that uh, incident with Bruno when he missed his flight and so on from uh, that Capitol arena with Ray Morgan. So he's the one I remember when I first started watching. Yes. Yes. I remember you saying that. Okay. And then we have stampede wrestling from Canada uh, syndicated from 1957 to 1989, and then again from 1999 to the year 2000 under Stampede Wrestling. And that's the Hart family. It is. It went all the way up there. Okay. Stampede Wrestling was a Canadian professional wrestling promotion based in Calgary, Alberta for nearly 50 years. It was one of the main promotions in Western Canada and the Canadian prairies. Originally established by Stu Hart in 1948, the promotion competed with other promotions such as NWA All-Star Wrestling and Pacific Northwest Wrestling and regularly ran events in Calgary's Victoria Pavilion, Ogden Auditorium, and the Stampede Corral between 1948 and 1984. Wow, weird. Bought out by promoter Vince McMahon, the company was briefly run by WWF, before being sold back to the Hart family the following year, run by Bruce Hart until January 1990. He and Ross Hart reopened the promotion in 1999 and began running events in the Alberta area. So, and, and you know, that's where, um, if you would watch that show now and see how it has such an international flair, and guys like uh, Davy Boy Smith, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, Dynamite Kid. Uh, Bret Hart, that's where all, they all got their start. And that's where that international style was developed. They were innovators in bringing those people in. And, you know, when they brought Dynamite Kid in, you know, uh, he was a skinny guy. One of the, the sons had gone to uh, on a tour of Japan and saw him there and brought him back. And the first thing Stu Hart said, he's a little skinny little bastard, eh? <laughs> so, you know, they, but they, you know, give the, heart, the Hart's uh, the sons a lot of credit we're being able to see that this 150 pound kid would develop into, you know, one of the most innovative and influential workers ever. Good eye. (laughs) Then we got all-star wrestling. That was from the United States syndicated from 1958 to 1979 under big time wrestling. Then we have studio wrestling from the United States syndicated from 1959 to 1972 and Studio Wrestling was a live professional wrestling show broadcast from WIIC-TV Channel 11 in Pittsburgh every Saturday evening. In 1959, WIIC began broadcasting professional wrestling from their studio located in Fineview. The show was hosted by Bill Cardile through most of its run, although he was not its original host. The primary directors were Chuck Moyer and Jack Pardon me if I said that wrong. (laughs) Then we have uh, Wrestling at the Chase from the United States, syndicated from 1959 to 1983 from the St. Louis Wrestling Club. And Wrestling at the Chase is a professional wrestling television series of local and national historical importance in the field of television wrestling. The show was recorded in St. Louis, Missouri for KPLR-TV Channel 11 and aired from May 23, 1959 to September 10, 1983. It was promoted by the St. Louis Wrestling Club, which was a member of the National Wrestling Alliance. So, Yeah, that was... Uh... 
very interesting. And uh, a, a side note to that is that was a very exclusive hotel. So when they first started the tapings, the people were seated at like dinner tables. That that's how they set set it up for the um, audience. You know, later they went to regular style, but it was like a high end. People went in suits, and women got dressed up. So it was like a nice change from you know these buildings and venues that were run down and 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 old farms and barns yeah. and whatever, <laughs> right? Uh, then we move on to 50th State Big Time Wrestling from the United States, syndicated from 1962 to 1979, uh, 50th State Big Time Wrestling. Uh, and then we got Vancouver All-Star Wrestling from Canada, syndicated from 1962 to 1989 wow. under NWA All-Star Wrestling. So uh, then we got Titanus NL Ring from Argentina. Wow. Canal 9, whatever that is, 1962 to 1988. Wow. 62 to 88. I'm going to uh, wow. that up. I'm going to have to check that out. You know what? I, I hope it's written in English. Okay. It was an Argentinian Lucha Libre television program that aired between March 3rd, 1962 and 1988. Wow. No and more. let's see. Um, the Daggian, and it defunct in 2001. Wow. The headquarters was in Buenos Aires, Argentina, South America. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look that up. I'm sure, quite sure, you will find Bobby Bold Eagle somewhere in there because that's one of the places, out-of-the-way places that, you know, he wrestled. Right, from 62 to 88, I'm, I'm pretty sure he probably yeah. – it passed through there at one, at one yeah. time. Then we move on to big time wrestling from the United States syndicated from 1964 to 1980. And then WWA all-star championship wrestling from the United States syndicated from 1964 to 1989 as WWA. Not sure uh, which one they're going with there. I, uh, I'm pretty sure. Week, the World Wrestling Alliance was an Indianapolis-based professional wrestling promotion, which was operated by Dick the Bruiser and his partner, yeah. Wilbur Snyder. It was affiliated with the larger American Wrestling Association and recognized its champions, along with its own and those of Indianapolis-based powerful women of wrestling. It ran from 1964 to 1989. Yep, that was, uh, yeah, Dick the Bruiser. Um... Yes. Crusher, yeah, all the same crew from AWA, absolutely. And then we got World Championship Wrestling from Australia and Channel 9. It was on from 1964 to 1978 as World Championship Wrestling before yeah. World Championship Wrestling. And then we have the World of Sports United Kingdom. And that aired from 1965 to 1985. And then 2016 to 2018 in a yeah. joint, joint promotions. So uh, the World of Sports British TV was a British television program which ran on ITV between January 2nd, 1965 and September 28, 1985 in competition with the BBC's Grandstand. Uh, like Grandstand, the program ran for several hours every Saturday afternoon. So... Um, yeah, lots of huge, huge, huge stars. You can see an early uh, Dynamite Kid, an early David Boy Smith, an early Fit Finlay, 
And then you can see Mark Rollerball Rocco, who I think was a, one of the Black Tigers in Japan. So a lot of history there, and a lot of those guys went on to become stars elsewhere, including in the United States. And then we got Telecatch from Brazil, and that was on Excelsior from 1967 to 1980, another really long run. Yeah. And Telecatch was a Brazilian professional wrestling TV program originally called Telecatch Montilia. It was a broadcast by TV Globo from 1967 to 1969. Uh, yeah. The name of the program would later be changed to Os Ris do, do, do Ringo. Excuse me if that's wrong. In the 1970s by Record TV, which translates literally to the Kings of the Ring. In 1965, TV Excelsior premiered the program with the name Telecatch Vulcan. For some reason uh, of economy, the chain of stores Imperatis das Sidas, sorry, the main sponsor and associated companies decided not to finance Telecatch and to definitely finish the program. It was similar to American professional wrestling with its diverse and colorful ring performers and predetermined outcomes. And the for formation of the show was a direct result of the public's shock of, at brutality of Valley Tudo, which used to air on the TV show that was originally aired in the same time slot as Telecatch Montelia. So a little... Yeah, that Brazilian judo, yeah, was a, a, an early form of like a mixed martial art. Right, right. So, okay. evidently, and, they were already used to the brutality from, from that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So, and then we got I'm big time to, wrestling. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and big saying, time. I, obviously, I'm going to have to make a list because <laughs> there's some of these that I'm not familiar with that I'm hoping I can find some footage. Yeah, and, and a lot of it, it does have some footage connected to it that we can't play. But we will spend time looking up later so that we can review it in uh, later arena reports. So, and then we move on to big time wrestling that was from the United States syndicated from 1971 to 1979 under NWA big time wrestling. And then Georgia championship wrestling, United States, 1971 to 1984 from the TBS studios, the Georgia championship wrestling. And then we got WWWF Championship Wrestling from the United States, syndicated from 1972 to 1979, the World Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Um, all right, so the WWF Championship Wrestling is a professional wrestling television series produced by the World Wrestling Federation, uh, WWF, now known WWE. Uh, they air from 1972 to August 30th, 1986, and was the original television show of the WWF originally produced under the Worldwide Wrestling Federation banner. Championship Wrestling featured all the stars of WWF interviews and championship matches. It was a flagship program of the WWF's, WWF's syndicated programming until it was replaced by Superstars of Wrestling in 1986. Yeah, they went uh, through all kinds of changes. WWWF, WWF, WWE. Right, right. I, I guess the, the thing with WWF and uh, the confusion with the wildlife, yeah. I, I think they had some kind of dispute yes. with that at the time. Uh, then we move on to All Japan Pro Wrestling, and that was on Nippon TV from 1972 to present. Yeah. 1972 to present. 
All Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's go yeah, to that's, that. I mean, when I had, I remember I used to, I remember going to meet a guy at the lobby of a hotel um, who was selling tapes back then, VCR tapes. Um, and that was the only place you can get any of that. And I was like, I couldn't wait to right. get there and pick up my tapes, you know. I used to get them through tape traders myself. Uh, All Japan, or simply All Japan, uh, is a Japanese professional wrestling promotion established on October 21st, 1972, when Giant Baba split away from the Japanese Wrestling Association and created his own promotion. Many wrestlers had left with Baba, with many more joining the following year when JWA folded. From the mid-70s, All Japan was firmly established as the largest promotion in Japan. As the 1990s began, aging stars gave way to a younger generation, including uh, Matsuhura Misawa, Dr. Death Steve Williams, Kenta Kobayashi, uh, Gary Albright, uh, Toshikaki Kawada, Mike Barton, and Akira Tura. Sorry if I pronounce any of those names wrong, leading to perhaps AJPW's most profitable period in the 1990s. Yeah, so you had Baba, and then eventually Inoki started his own group, which would have been New Japan, and All Japan uh, was Baba. So you had Baba and Inoki, you know, two big names battling it out for supremacy. So, and then we move on to exactly that. At NJPW World Pro Wrestling from Japan. from uh, It was on net from 1973 to 1977, uh, TV Ashi from 1977 to present. So still in operation, New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. So New Japan Pro Wrestling is a Japanese professional wrestling promotion based in Nakano, Tokyo, founded on January 13, 1972 by Antonio Inoki, the promotion was sold to Yukes, who later sold it to Bushiroad in 2012. TV Ashi and Amuse Inc. Inc. owned the minority shares of the company. Naiko Sugabaisha Ashi has served as the promotion's chairman since September 2013, while Takami Obari has served as the president of the promotion since October 2020. Okay. Wow. Still running. Still running. Yeah. Yep. Um, at, at one time when I was in Japan for UWF, which would have been around 95 uh, in between the ECW, um, you could watch All Japan, New Japan TV. So I don't know how old the matches were at that point, um, but on the TV it had a little button for English or you leave it the way it was and it would, you know, they do the commentary in, in Japanese. Uh, yeah. So to hit the button and hear, you know, a, a guy you know, with a Japanese accent speaking in English describing the action. And I lived for that because there wasn't much to do over there. And that was on twice right. a week. So I made sure I was there ready to watch. So, and then we move on to Lucha Libre Intercontinental. Uh, from the Dominican Republic, from Canal 9, from 1973 to 1997. Wow. Yeah, that would have been uh, Jack Veneno. His name should pop up. Hmm. Okay. And then we got WWWF All-Star Wrestling from the United States, syndicated from 1974 to 1986 from the World Wrestling Federation. So another show from the WWF. Uh, and there was the best of championship 
Wrestling from the United States, TBS, 1973 to 1987 Georgia Championship Wrestling under Jim Crockett Promotions. So the best of championship wrestling, it was an hour-long show that was the Sunday evening edition of TBS's Saturday night wrestling shows. Georgia Championship Wrestling and NWA World Championship Wrestling. Uh, the rights to best of world, uh, world championship wrestling now belong to the World Wrestling Entertainment. Big shocker. Yes. So, they bought up everything. Yeah. So, all right. And then we have On the Mat from New Zealand that aired from 1975 to 1984 on TV2 under NWA New Zealand. And On the Mat was a professional wrestling television program from the National Wrestling Alliance affiliated All-Star Pro Wrestling, or simply NWA New Zealand, that aired on television, New Zealand's TV2 from 1975 to 1984, one of the most popular and the longest running weekly sports series in the history of New Zealand. The show featured some of the country's top wrestlers and international stars from throughout the world during the 1970s and early 80s. Yeah, that so was an excellent program. Yeah, if you look at that, you'll see they had like the setup and the desk, and it was very upscale and, and you know, a little bit ahead of its time. And they always spoke about a season, this season. So I don't know what that meant, if it meant a TV season or whether. Yeah, all these are uh, by their TV series. So the, all these were televised. The, the, yeah. from, actually, they were on from 75 to 84, so they had a pretty long run themselves. Yeah. And then we move on to Superstars of Wrestling from Canada, syndicated from 1975 to 1984 under Canadian American Wrestling Association. And Superstars of Wrestling, uh, also known as the Canadian Wrestling Association, was an internationally syndicated Canadian professional wrestling television program based in Windsor, Ontario. The show ran live events in Eastern Canada and the Great Lakes region of the United States from 1975 to 1984. Okay. What a good long run. Yeah. And then there's the Worldwide Wrestling from United States, syndicated from 1975 to 2001 under Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, under It comes up under World Championship WCW Worldwide is an American syndicated television show that produced by World Championship Wrestling aired from October 8, 1975 to March 31, 2001. At the time of its cancellation, Worldwide was the longest running uninterrupted weekly syndicated show of its kind on the air in the United States. Yeah, they um, also like uh, WWF, you'll see that um, shows morphed into other shows or they came up with a new right. name for the show. So worldwide was one of those. Exactly. So, and then we got CWA Championship Wrestling from the United States from M WMC TV from 1977 to 1989 under Continental Wrestling Association. And Continental Wrestling Association, the Championship Wrestling Association, was a wrestling promotion managed by Jerry Jarrett. The CWA was the name of the governing body for the Championship Wrestling Incorporated promotion, which was usually referred to as Mid-Southern Wrestling or the Memphis Territory. This promotion was a chief NWA territory during the 1970s and the early 1980s while operating out of Tennessee and Kentucky. The CWA 
was a member of the National Wrestling Alliance until 1986 and affiliated with the American Wrestling Association until 1989. In 1989, the CWA merged with the w World Class Wrestling Association to form the United States Wrestling Association, thus USWA, thus ceasing to exist as a separate entity. Lance Russell and Dave Brown were the TV commentators and hosts for the Memphis Territory, including Continental Wrestling Association. They both actually co did commentary to my match in 1985 when I wrestled Miss Texas. Miss Texas. So very exciting yes. uh, stuff there. Uh, Lance Russell, always great to have him do your matches commentary. Yeah, so, he's the one who did that personalizing. Come on, Jerry. You know, yes, like, yes. Right, Bill, come on now. Let's get these guys out of here. That's enough. You know, it was awesome. Great stuff. So, and then we're moving on now to the 1980s wrestling boom. So, the again, we go by series, country, uh, duration of the series and the promotion. We start off with WWF All-American Wrestling from the United States on the USA Network from 1983 to 1994 under the WWF and uh another wwf show uh wwf yeah, one now we yes have... i'm sorry i keep stepping on you uh, that's okay again, you're, you're, talk you're talking about now we're talking about the cable television era so we've moved from these little studios now you got a network usa network so much more a, a larger uh, area that they were they were you know the show was, was shown in a much larger audience than before Right. So, uh, and, and then again, another one, WWF on TBS from the United States. And that aired from 1984 to 1985. So just a year. And I'm pretty sure that was, you know, just on, for spite, I, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, TBS wound up being, a, you know, uh, the enemy. So WWF aired on TBS and then later down the road, TBS. Okay against the WWF. So, and this is what it was referred to, Black Saturday Professional Wrestling. In professional wrestling, the term Black Saturday refers to Saturday, July 14th, 1984, the day when Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Federation took over the time slot on Superstation WTBS that had been the home of to Georgia Championship Wrestling and its flagship weekly program. World Championship Wrestling for 12 years, um, the McMahon's purchase led to a long-standing rivalry between himself and WTBS owner Ted Turner, who later brought G GCW's successor, Jim Crockett Promotions, JCW, and formed his own company under World Championship Wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah. Georgia show went right into World Championship Wrestling, and then TBS 605, 705, forever. And then we got WWF Wrestling Spotlight from the United States. That ran from 1984 to 1995. Wow. So a little bit different of a program, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Still the same banners. They included pay-per-views, video on-demand services. I, I, yeah, I don't know what was different about that. Just the beginning. Okay, and then 
We move on to international championship wrestling from the United States that was syndicated from 1984 to 1995 under international world-class championship wrestling. Okay. And international world-class championship wrestling, IWCCW, was an independent wrestling promotion based in Boston, Massachusetts. It was promoted by Angelo Savoldi and his son Mario, Tom, and Joseph Savoldi. Yeah, they kind of, you know... I don't know how that worked, but either they were airing old uh, world-class footage. They did that a lot. Yeah, they did. I noticed that. Uh, Okay, and then we have International Championship Wrestling from the United States that was syndicated from 1984 to 1995 as International World Championship. Okay, I did that. And then Wrestlo from Wales. Wow. 1987 to 1995 on C4C. Uh, and let's see, Reslo, Arjun Williams, okay, was a Welsh professional wrestler and wrestling promoter. Williams spent his wrestling career in the persona of a villainous evil heel under the pseudo name El Bandito. And after retiring as a fighter, he became a promoter, manager, and television presenter. He is recognized as one of the most famous wrestlers to come from Wales. Hmm. So, I remember the name. Okay, I, I guess he was the their champion, or is that uh-huh. what they're trying to tell us? Oh. <laughs> okay, and then we we move on to WWF Tuesday Night Titans from the United States on the USA Network from 1984 to 1986. I don't know what was different about it. Just yeah. you know, another WWF show. Yeah, and then to whatever they were running regularly. I don't think they swapped them out. I think it was just an added content with a different name. Yeah, it aired on USA from May 29th, 1984 to September 24th, 1986. It was a two-hour long show began airing on Tuesday nights from May 29th to December 18th, 1984. From January 4th, 1985 to March 28th, 1986. The show was cut from one hour and moved to Friday nights on April 2nd, 1986, the show was moved to Wednesday nights, where it remained there until its final episode on September 24th, 1986. All episodes of Tuesday Night Titans are available, of course, on the WWE Network. Of course. So, and then, and this is why they made all these shows, you know, so that now they can sell them in their catalog. Then we move on to Saturday night's main event from the United States on NBC from 1985 19 to 1991 and then from 2006 to 2008 and then it moved over to fox in 1992 uh i think that signals the first um what would you call broadcast on a what do you call a major network well, okay, produced by WWE, now WWF, whatever, premiering in 1985. It was originally aired on NBC in the United States as 29 occasional replacements for Saturday Night Live until 1991, then twice on Fox in 1992. It was revived in 2006 for five NBC episodes before ending in 2008. In Canada, it also aired on City TV and Global Television Network in order to meet uh you know, substitution rights or whatever. 
or I don't, I don't know what that means, yeah. but uh, <laughs> okay. And then moving on to another WWF show, WWF primetime wrestling. And that ran on the USA network from 1985 to 1993. Let's see what was different about this. It aired from January 1st, 1985 to January 4th, 1993, precursor to Monday Night Raw. Primetime Wrestling was a two-hour-long weekly program that featured the stars of the World Wrestling Federation. The program featured wrestling matches, which were, you know, house shows from Madison Square Garden, yep. interviews, promos, feuds, announcements of upcoming local shows, pay-per-views. Uh, primetime wrestling would also air matches and interviews from other WWF programmings, such as Superstars of Wrestling and Wrestling Challenge. Episodes 61 to 227 of Primetime Wrestling are available, of course, on the WWE Network. Now, the funny thing about the WWF at this point, they've ceased to do any studio-type wrestling. So while the other groups were doing studio wrestling, they were moving into, like you said, taping house shows and so on. Well, you could see uh, 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 on the list here, it's like year by year, they would end one show and then it's like the very next year, it pops up another show. So yeah. here goes another one, WWF Wrestling Challenge, United States, syndicated from 1986 to 1995. So, um, and then, okay, I don't know what was different about this. Let's see. Uh, let's see. The matches primarily saw top tier and mid level talent versus jobbers. At times, there and they put jobbers there. There yeah. was a feature match at times between the main event uh, talent with WWF. I don't know. As with other syndicated WWF programming, the show promoted WWF events and house shows, media marketing. So, pretty much the same format, but you know, given jobbers exposure. I guess. Yeah, and then also it said they had a, every once in a while had a feature match. So then you right. felt like you were, you were getting something special. Yeah, taking a look at the journeyman. Yes, absolutely. And then we have AWA Championship Wrestling from the United States. And that was on ESPN from 1985 to 1990 is American uh, Wrestling Association. And American AWA Championship Wrestling is a professional wrestling tele television series that aired on cable sports network ESPN from 1985 to 1990. It was a continuation of the earlier ESPN program, Pro Wrestling USA, the cooperative venture between the American Wrestling Association and several National Wrestling Alliance NWA affiliates, most notably Jim Crockett Promotions. On February 26, 2008, ESPN Classics began re-airing AWA Championship Wrestling episodes, along with the ownership of the AWA intellectual property by the WWE. All the episodes are available, of course, on mm -hmm. WWE Network. So um, <laughs> That really gave them a lot of exposure beyond ESPN. Uh, I remember I was working at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel as a house detective, they called it, and I would make sure I got a, a, a room key for you know, a, a room that was uh, not, was vacant, and I go up there and I watch uh, AWA wrestling. <laughs> Get your wrestling in while you're working. Why not? Yeah. Uh, okay, and then there was WWF Superstars of Wrestling, the United States, syndicated from 1986 to 1996, from the USA Network from 1996 to the year 2000, and then on TNN from the year 2000 to 2001. So WWF Superstars of Wrestling. 
um, yeah, 1986 is the flagship program, is their syndicating program. Okay, so same, same. Yep. Uh, and then moving on, we got the Universal Wrestling Federation, UWF, uh, syndicated from 1986 to 1987. Universal Wrestling Federation was run by Bill Watts. I don't know why it seemed like it's so much longer. longer. That know, right, you're right. You're right. So I, it, yeah. The Universal Wrestling Federation was a 1986 rebranding of wrestler turned owner Bill Watts Mid South Wrestling promotion. Watts' goal was to elevate his promotion from a relatively smaller regional level business to a national level rival for the WWF, now known as the WWE. However, Watts' business strategy quickly swung from overnight success to catastrophic failure, resulting in the 1987 sale of the UWF to another rival, Jim Crockett Promotions, owner of Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and the National Wrestling Alliance, NWA's most important championships and the predecessors of predecessors of World Championship Wrestling, uh, the promotion began as the NWA territory, NWA Tri-State, uh, founded by Leroy McGurk in the 1950s. Tri-State, Mid-South, UWF promoted in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Mississippi until 1987. That, yeah. Yeah, that was some stuff that stuck with you so much that you really thought it was on longer than that. Only a yeah. year. I'm shocked. Yeah, um, unless we... We confuse it with uh, Mid South because uh, they. Yeah, it's Bill Watts. Yeah, yeah. You know, only a year. So I guess because it was mixed in with a lot of NWA and a lot of the talent when they closed, then got, you know, just bumped over to the NWA. Yep. It, it seemed like longer to us because we were seeing the same talent just shit. Sure. Uh, then next we have the gorgeous ladies of wrestling from the United States syndicated from 1986 to 1990. And then again in 2001 under the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And this was also known as glow is a women's professional wrestling promotion that began in 1986. The pilot was filmed in December, 1985 and has continued in various forms after it left television, colorful characters, strong women and over the top comedy sketches were integral to the series success. Most of the performers were actresses, models, dancers, nope. or stunt women hoping to enter show business. Yeah, it was so, it was wild. It had these crazy. I remember dementia was like this wacky played a psychotic, and I think uh, I don't know Audra Kong or whatever the, the big Japanese woman. I think she started there also. Oh, did she? Yeah, I don't remember her there. Yeah. I remember uh, Bertha Faye. I think yeah. was uh, a character yeah. there, and uh, oh god, well, Ivory Ivory was there. They had to mix in a couple workers because otherwise, how are you going to get these people to know what to do? Right. Terry Powers. That was a, yeah. another glow girl. And yeah, uh, yeah lots of glow girls. So uh, and then we move on to WWC Super Estrellas de la Lucha Libre. Superstars of WAPA TV from 1982 present. Still uh, run in Puerto Rico, WWC yeah. World Wrestling Council. Bravo. Uh, okay. World Wrestling Council is a professional wrestling promotion based in Puerto Rico. It was originally established as Capital 
Sports Promotions in 1973 by Carlos Colon Sr., Victor Jovica, and Gorilla Monsoon. It was a member of the National Wrestling Alliance until 1988, and then by mid-1990s, the promotion had changed its name to the World Wrestling Council. Still running strong. Yeah. Well, Carlos Colon Sr. would be considered the uh, Vince McMahon of Puerto Rico. Absolutely. Then we have the Superstars of Wrestling from the United States, syndicated from 1986 to 1992. Let's see what that is. Superstars of Wrestling is a, another. From 1986 to 1992, created and produced by Joe Pettacino. Oh, the series broadcast eight hours of wrestling from around the country and was the first to provide national coverage of both the National Wrestling Alliance and international promotions. It was also the earliest United States television show to regularly broadcast Japanese, pur oh, Purorusu and, oh, and Joshi Wrestling as part of the Fuji TV Network's efforts to develop a market in the American industry. So that's pretty yeah, interesting. I'm sorry, they went around and they say, tonight we're going to visit Memphis. We're going to visit Japan. So, yes, they were the first uh, show to ever show clips from different areas and there was no they, politics involved. Yeah, they covered everything. It was like a review show. And um was his wife, uh, the ring announcer, Bonnie uh, Blackstone, Blackstone, right? So they, you know, they, they added something to a show it was a different show they weren't the wrestlers you know they were just talking about other shows and other promotions so it was it was a good review show i i, yeah. I mean i caught i left up until 1992 run it so and then we move on to wcw pro from the united states syndicated from 1986 to 1998 on tbs from 1994 to 1998 under world championship wrestling and wcw pro was um let me see. Uh, it was part of the WCW Disney tapings. So it's when they taped it to Disney Studios. The rights to WCW Pro now belong, surprisingly, to <laughs> WWE. And 161 episodes of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling are now available on WWE Network. Of course. <laughs> then, then we move along to Southern Championship Wrestling from Georgia. And that was syndicated from 1988 to 1990 under Southern Championship Wrestling. Southern Championship Wrestling was a professional wrestling promotion that was founded in Marietta, Georgia by Jerry Blackwell and operated from 1988 to 1990 and was continued by his successor, Joe Pettacino, who ran the promotion uh, Georgia All-Star Wrestling for another year. And then we move on to EWF Wrestling from France. That was on Eurosport TV from 1988 to 1992 under European Wrestling Federation. And then moving on to WWF, the main event, United States on NBC Network from 1988 to 1991. Let's see. They had five specials. So the WWF main event, it was, uh, let's see, there were five shows between 1988 and 1991. Only the first three, the main event 
episodes were shown live on NBC. The final two episodes were taped and then shown on NBC at a later date and included mainly hard high card wrestlers in the WWF, such as Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, The Ultimate Warrior, and The Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Interesting. Yeah. And then there was the WCW Clash of the Champions from the United States that was on TBS from 1988 to 1997 World Championship Wrestling. Yeah, those were like uh, different shows, like pay-per-view level shows that didn't probably I don't know how many did a year, but um, see the class. Yeah, the class. I actually attended a lot of these in, in person. I, I traveled a, a, a lot of places for these. It was a series of professional wrestling television specials that were produced by World Championship Wrestling and Jim Crockett Promotions in conjunction with the National Wrestling Alliance. These were special super cards comprising of pay-per-view caliber matches similar to the World Wrestling Federation's uh, Saturday Night's main event series. The Clash of the Champions shows were famous for typically not airing commercials during matches, and even though many of the matches lasted 20 minutes or more, no commercials at all. And, and that was actually a highlight because you didn't have to, like, you know, you'd be cut in the middle of the match. Yeah. No one wants that. Yeah. And then moving on to WCW main event, which aired from 1988 to 1998 with the WCW. And... Let's see. Nothing really different about that. Then there was WCW Power Hour, and that aired from 1989 to 1994 on TBS. Uh, it's just another WCW show to compete against a, a WWF show because they both had a million shows going on at the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess it's like anything else. You know, you own a bar and it has a name or a theme. And it's only good for X amount of time before it's either out of style or, or it, it starts losing steam. And that's why I think there's so many different. You didn't want the other company to come out with a new show and then you not have one. Well, and the thing is, you know, you, you want to keep up with your competition. And that's it's a lot of what it's about. And it's a, a lot of where the fun is and a lot of fun. Yeah. For the fans too, because then they get to see two products competing against each other, and you know there's there's a thrill in that a little bit. But it never and registered then, to us that there were all these. We just it's WWE, it's WWF, it's NWA. Who you know the name of the shows? It really didn't not change anything. Well, I, I only knew because I used to record them all the time, and I was in charge yeah. of recording stuff. So, all right, and then uh, we got the Legends of World Class Championship Wrestling from the United States that was on ESPN from 1988 to 1989 uh, under World Championship Wrestling. Yeah. So, all right, and World Class Championship Wrestling was an American professional wrestling promotion headquarters in Dallas and Fort Worth, Texas, originally owned by promoter Ed McLemore. By 1966, it was run by Southwest Sports, Inc., whose president, Jack Adkinson, was better known as wrestler Fritz Von Erich. Beginning as a territory of the National Wrestling Alliance, it went independent in 1986 in a bid to become a major national promotion, but was unsuccessful in its attempts and eventually went out of business in 1990. Rights to the pre-1989 WCCW tape library now belong to... WWA. 
Of course. The post-1988 rights are owned by International World Class Championship Wrestling, and our select episodes from 1982 to 1988 are available on WWE. So, world class, a hell of a territory. Legends yep. United States Wrestling Association was our next one, again, on 1990, 1991, and that was the United States Wrestling Association, was a professional wrestling promotion based in Memphis, Tennessee. The company was founded when the Memphis-based Continental Wrestling Association merged with the Dallas-based World Class Championship Wrestling. So, or World Class Association. A lot of stuff going on in there, yeah, with the USW. A lot of merging... A lot of people getting together, working together. Then we move on to UWF Fury Hour from the United States. And that was on Sports Channel America in 1990-1991. And Prime Ticket, it came on in 1992 and ESPN2 in 1995 under the Universal Wrestling Federation for Herb Abrams. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, UWF was an American professional wrestling promotion owned by Herb Abrams from 1990 to 1996. So this was the later one. The company aired nationally on Sports Channel America and later on Prime Ticket and ESPN2. Nothing really about that. Bruno San Martino was uh, one of the commentators. And a funny story real quick about that belt uh, was made by my friend Mike V, who made a lot of the ECW belts. And it was called the FU belt because next to the center plate, it said UWF center plate UWF. So it was FU. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Then we have, let's see, UWF Fury Hour. And then we have the main event from New Zealand from TV3. And that was just the year 1990 under NWA New Zealand. And the main event, is advertised as something called On the Mat. Yes, it was a professional wrestling television program for the National Wrestling Alliance affiliated All-Star Professional Wrestling ASPW or simply NWA New Zealand that aired on television New Zealand's TV2 from 1975 to 1984. One of the most popular and longest running weekly shows series in the history of New Zealand. The show featured some of the country's top wrestlers and international stars from throughout the world during the 1970s and early 80s. So on the mat. Yeah, um, one of the one of the announcers, I think, was Lord Layton, Lord Athol Layton. I'm not sure, but I know there was somebody of note um, that we would know from from you know just being a popular wrestler was one of their um, their commentators. That's great. So I, I think we, we gave a, a pretty thorough history. Uh, not going to really get into the 90s because that's more of a current rewind than the, the material that we're covering. And I think we did a good amount from the 50s up, up to up, right up to the 90s, throughout the 80s and right up to, to the 90s. So to just to familiarize yourself with the territories there were, the promoters that were putting on shows and uh, then, you know, some of the people that were working in the area and the TV shows that were on air. It, so it, it, what we were watching, 
you know, that's what was promoting the, the future of professional wrestling from the WWF and the, the Memphis areas and, and like all over the world. So we get a feeling of where these places are so that then now in the future, when we talk about them, everyone can know what we're talking about. <laughs> and you can see the progression from early TV studios and, you know, smaller uh, networks. Then you got, you went into NBC, which not much wrestling beyond the fifties and sixties was on network television. As you can see, NBC is the only thing you really heard. ESPN is a cable station. So I wouldn't call that, you know, a major network, but it did open up, you know, the, the scope for people to see wrestling that they weren't previously able to see. ESPN was great, great for that. Cause they did ESPN classics. Yeah, they really were. They did the rewind with like, you know, world class and even IWCCW and, you know, up into up to to the more current shows. So ESPN was really a great network for wrestling, I think. It was. Uh, And again, you know, uh, within the framework of what we did tonight, you could see the progression, how things changed and it got bigger and bigger. More shows added and the competition was really heating up at that point. Way before the Monday Night Wars, you know, it was already happening. Thank you for joining us on Wrestling Archives, and we will be here every Sunday night at 7 p.m. on YouTube on the Monty and the Pharaohs Network here. So please join us back next week uh, while we cover uh, uncover wrestling history in Wrestling Archives. And until then, from my co-host Tommy Cairo, I am the Virgin Princess Angel saying have a nice night and a nice life. Good night.